because we also believe that brands are multidimensional just as human beings are sure right yeah so we are not, we are multidimensional we are we we are seen in a certain way by our close friends we are seen in another way by uh, our family close family we've seen in a third way by our colleagues and associates right so we are multidimensional and brands also need to express themselves in different ways depending on the environment that they are in Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangle. Let's delve a little deeper. This is the first part of my interview with Rajiv Raja. My next guest is the ex-national creative director of ad agency DDB India. He's also one of India's finest jazz and fusion flautists, with an album on the iTunes India charts that reached number one and stayed there for three weeks running. He's the founder and soundsmith of Brand Music, Asia's first company dedicated to designing and managing the sonic identity of a brand, and is a creative powerhouse who straddles the two worlds of brands and music. Over 25 years in advertising, he worked on many of India's and the world's top brands, creating nationwide campaigns which have won him many accolades and awards. With these strong credentials in music and branding, it was only natural that Rajiv Raja founded Brand Music, a wonderful example of how one's passion can become one's life work. Listen in as we discuss the power of sound, how it can make a brand more memorable, and how it can touch and influence our emotions on a daily basis. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Rajiv. I'm really excited to talk with you today. Uh, and, and this has been a bit of a while coming, actually, because I guess we've known each other on LinkedIn for a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Sort of passing, yeah. <laughs> passing in the night. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, sort of it, sonic waves passing in the night. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I love what you put out there on LinkedIn, and, and I was really excited to get to talk to you more about that, but also about your music, because that's part and parcel of everything you do. Yeah, so. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, the first question that I want to ask is about a, a, an early sound, an early memory of sound that moved you. I kind of ask all of my guests this, because I like getting into the psyche of why sound is important to you. Right. So... Out of curiosity, do you have a moment like that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I remember when I was a kid, uh, in, in those days, we used to have the good old uh, LP records, you know, and uh, my mother was a dancer. Oh, okay. Right, like uh, an Indian classical dancer. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she used to listen to a lot of these classical tunes, Indian classical tunes, on uh, the the record player and uh, i remember you know sort of listening to that and sort of dancing along and uh, obviously everybody amused by my antics <laughs> <laughs> but that's great yeah, so so you know i always remember the the our home being full of music and uh, so just listening to music and then of course 
getting exposed to you know the pop music of the world and early jazz louis armstrong etc etc oh, so nice. uh, so it yeah. is quite an eclectic one of my favorites yeah. too yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah wow it's always nice having that musical background in the very beginning of things i think it gives us those of us who who are lucky enough to experience that i think it gives us a really nice start on absolutely how yeah. the world operates sonically yeah yeah <laughs> yeah really fun so uh so i guess the re the way that you got interested in music yourself was through listening to your mom's dance uh songs and and growing up with that music yes so you're a flautist right that's so right that's right how did you get into that? <laughs> oh, that's that's a crazy story because uh, I never, you know, looked at myself as a as a musician or you know taking it up as a profession or anything like that. I just loved music, and like you know any any normal teenager used to hang out and uh, you know sing along, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, I used to play a little bit of the mouth organ, you know. Okay. The, the the mouth harp. Yeah. And I just sort of picked it up. And actually, a crazy thing happened. Uh, I was uh, a cricketer in my college days. Now, uh, obviously, uh, cricket is not something you all know that side of of the world. But <laughs> not usually, no. <laughs> but I know what it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's a it's a little more. Uh, in the in the way the the British typically complicate things, it's a it's a little little more complicated <laughs> version of of baseball. <laughs> Let's put it that okay. way. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> uh, sure. I was a pretty good cricketer and uh, with aspirations to play for the state, etc. When uh, suddenly I got a very bad back problem. Oh no! And uh, this was at the age of seventeen. Oh wow! And I had to stop playing cricket completely for two years. Right. Oh wow! Uh, okay. Because it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad, and uh, so I used to take the the mouth organ to uh, my college, and uh, you know, just in the breaks, etc. Hang around, and I used to just play a little. And uh, this guy came up to me. Uh, his name is Roshan, and I still remember he had a little goatee, uh, you know, beard, and those okay. those those horn rim glasses. And he he came up to me and he said. Uh, uh, hey man, uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, you ever heard of the blues? <laughs> so I I really hadn't heard of the blues. I I only knew tunes like Sunday morning up yeah. with the lark, yeah. <laughs> you know, or or a Hindi Bollywood you know kind of song. Sure, yeah. And and he said, hey hey, come on, let's jam, man. I'll show you a blues sequence. And uh, he started playing a, like a twelve bar blues sequence, and. Uh, even though I had never really heard the blues, I sort of by year I started picking it up and just sort of jamming with him, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, Roshan really was instrumental, uh, pun intended, <laughs> in, in in me <laughs> finding finding my way to the flute, because uh, one day he came to me and he said, "Hey man, the mouth harp is limiting, uh, you know, especially if you want to move into jazz, etc. So why don't you? I've got a two rupee bamboo flute at home. Why don't you check it out?" Okay. And you won't believe it. I I picked up the flute and uh, he had taught me the melody of summertime. Uh -huh. uh, uh, so I could, you know, just by ear, I could immediately play it. Nice. So it it was as if, you know, uh, like I found the flute, but the flute found me. You know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, well, I guess you had the so, mouth positions already down pat with the it, mouth organ. Yeah. So possibly, possibly, yeah, you know, yeah. that that may have helped. But I just picked it up and. 
then we started doing this the rounds or the college circuit and the competitions okay uh, me playing on a bamboo flute but you know after some time when we started moving to uh, a, f- a few more jazz compositions uh, you, you know with lots of chord changes etc and sure. uh, uh there i i found the bamboo flute a, a little limiting because it's not built it's built more for our indian system which is more linear oh, okay. and doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't have uh, you know harmonic changes like the western system has the chord changes shifting tonal centers really so uh i moved on then to the to the concert flute okay and again a friend of mine his brother was going to singapore you didn't get concert flutes in those days in india and uh was going to singapore and he brought me a you know a cheap concert flute and i actually sat down and sort of figured out the notes c c sharp d yeah. <laughs> e flat etc etc and then we started we i started learning lots of jazz tunes and jazz compositions and you know indian fusion and so that that's really where the whole journey with the with the flute began and uh, it's never left me since I, i've just been blessed i guess That's wonderful that, uh, though. That's yeah. I, and you know, I know a, a couple of other flautists and I can say from talking with them there is no such thing as a cheap concert flute. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Oh my god. The, the one I pricey. have currently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. But I mean, you know, if you know how to play it, that's the point, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. It's a yeah. beautiful instrument. It, Very yeah. difficult, challenging instrument, but beautiful instrument. Yes, definitely. I mean, I love hearing flute. It's just such a beautiful sound. Uh, so, going on from that, I mean, so you went from your music to then starting brand music. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm gathering, and I could be just making things up here, and you could tell me if I'm not, if I am. Uh, but it seems yeah. to me like you found a link between music and emotions and wanted to make that more of a thing for brands. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so how did brand music come about? Yeah, so, you know, there's a 25-year gap between me discovering the flute mm-hmm. and me starting brand music okay right? wow so <laughs> when i got out of college uh, i used to be a, a pretty creative kind of guy i you know i used to write stuff and i used to act in little you know theater and uh, etc and uh, my professor actually came up to me and said you know a friend of mine runs an ad agency and uh, he's looking for guys like you so why don't you you know just go and meet him so you know i finished college and i wasn't sure whether i wanted to take up music professionally okay because especially uh, since i was more interested in the west in the western music space and making a living out of that in india at the time was probably not <laughs> you know the best thing yeah. Yeah. so uh, i actually just went to this ad agency and i got a job uh, and uh, one thing led to the other and then i moved from i was in, born and brought up in bangalore to, which is known today as the silicon valley of india okay uh, yeah a lot That's of tech good. stuff happening there yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was a sleepy old town when i was growing up beautiful it was called the pensioners paradise and okay. then <laughs> you know then i moved to mumbai which is like new york right oh, okay. i mean mumbai mumbai is rocking mumbai is 
like the place, especially for media, entertainment, communication, Bollywood, uh, Mumbai is the place. Sure. So uh, I got a job in a very big agency in, in Mumbai as a copywriter. And uh, I spent the next 25 years of my life in advertising as a finally ending up as a creative director, national creative director at DDB. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, in India. Mm -hmm. And, but I kept my music going on right through this, my journey in advertising. And thank God I did. I guess I, I just couldn't give up music. I mean, there was no question of Why? letting Why would you give work. it up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So, so it was crazy. Uh, yeah. Along the way, uh, music, advertising, brands. Uh, I got married, uh, beautiful wife, two beautiful daughters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so all good. But uh, about 10 years ago, uh, I had this moment of uh, angst, really, where I used to still play concerts, right? And uh, there was a particular concert that I was playing with some real, real heavy dudes uh, who were all full-time musicians. And I wasn't technically a full-time musician because I had to spend my day in advertising and often nights in advertising. So uh, I found that I was getting a little challenged in playing uh, the way I wanted to. What I was hearing in my head, I wasn't able to express uh, just because of lack of practice, really, uh, and the amount of time that I could spend on the flute. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as it gets higher, uh, it's, it's pretty brutal out there. Hey, if you ain't got the chops, man, what are you doing here? Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was a moment where I found that I wasn't cutting it. And uh, I said, man, I got to choose. Mm. Is it going to be music for the rest of my life? Or am I going to say, hey, let me, I'm very happy in advertising. There's a fat, you know, paycheck coming in every month into the bank. Sure. Uh, I mean, should you know. I? Yeah, should I, you know, it's great. We can take our trips abroad with the family every year for holidays, etc. Versus music. So, you know, I had a, actually, I had a conversation with my family. And uh, I said, look, I need to quit. I need to quit my advertising job. And I'm going to start over with music. And I want to play. That's the artistic side of me. I want to perform. But, uh, how do I also monetize my passion? Because I couldn't well leave the family in the lurch by yes, suddenly yeah. taking my flute and, you know, taking off like the Grateful Dead in a, in a <laughs> van, <laughs> you know, and touring around the country. Might so, be a uh, bit of a problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, just a little. <laughs> so that's where this whole idea began of monetizing my passion. And I've, I've worked for 25 years with you know, global brands with local Indian brands, with iconic Indian brands, and uh, therefore know the brand language, know how the marketing uh, world thinks, and I'm able to understand their language and understand brands. And at the same time, I had kept one foot firmly planted in the, in the world of music. You know, I hadn't let go. Yep. So that's where this whole thought began. Can we elevate music uh, to a, a higher level compared to the way it was used generally, which is a good old jingle that happens, you know, on a radio spot or a TV spot, but really doesn't reflect the essence of the brand. Good point. And we said, can we look, you know, deeper 
and uh, start creating an, a sonic identity system that very much like brands have, every brand has a visual identity, right? So a brand has a logo, it has a, a set of colors that is associated with it, a font, style, etc. And uh, this is created with a lot of rigor, a lot of thought. They go to a specialist visual identity design agency. And uh, it actually comes from what the brand stands for, the essence of the brand, the culture it's operating in, the competition. It's a much deeper thought process. And we said, can we bring the same rigor to music and create identity systems for brands? And that, that's really where you know, it sparked off brand music. And we said, in India and actually in Asia, we're, we're, we're still the only really specialized sonic branding agency. Wow. Yeah, we said let's not uh, let's let's appropriate the generic uh, brand music as a name. Right? Sure, and I mean tell it like it just, is, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Easier to remember so, that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you looking for ways to improve your company's or podcast's impact? You'd be surprised how powerful the use of an intentional audio branding strategy can be. Want to know more? I have a free downloadable PDF that gives you my five tips for implementing an intentional audio strategy at voiceoversandvocals.com slash audio branding strategy. That location does ask to put you on a mailing list just to send you updates on when the new podcasts come out. But if you really don't want to give your email out, I understand. Just contact me directly. My email is all over my website and I'll make sure you get that PDF without needing to sign up anywhere. If you do sign up though, you also get access to a resources section called The Studio, where I have videos, white papers and PDFs, discounts from my guests and snippets of audio from my guests that no one else gets to hear. So maybe it's worth your while, totally up to you. And of course, if you're looking for voiceovers, you can get in touch with me about that too. Now, back to the podcast. So that's where the, the whole journey began. We created a term we call Mogo uh, or short form for musical logo. And uh, today uh, it's actually getting into sort of global parlance and we are getting calls from you know global brands also saying, hey, we want a Mogo. Right. So <laughs> that's great. Yes. Yeah. Then I guess then to answer your question of uh, music and emotions, uh-huh. I think that is very key to to our process uh, because you know in India we we are we are known as a very uh, sort of emotional culture, right? So and you see, you can see it in Bollywood itself. If you see a Bollywood film, there are at least five songs. Yes. If not more. <laughs> yeah. And lots of dancing you know? too, which I appreciate. A lot of as dancing. Well. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, ours, ours is a very oral culture. So, uh, even the way we learn music is, uh, for example, our tabla players, uh, that's the rhythmic instrument of India, uh, th- there's a saying if you can say it, you can play it. Okay. So they they learn it actually orally. They learn all the rhythmic patterns orally. You know, so takita 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 tarantom takadimitom takadimitom. That's learnt to. They learn to say it and then they learn to play it. So it's a very oral uh, tradition, and uh, therefore emotions are very strongly linked to how we perceive music, and that we build that as a strong part of. Uh, process. 
Yeah. And uh, uh, if you if you've got uh, what I'd like to do is actually play something for you. Oh, by all means, yeah, please do. <laughs> Which would demonstrate uh, how uh, it, music, you know, triggers uh, particular emotions. Sure. Right. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is it's a short piece. Uh, I'll play. A, it's about 30, 30, 45 seconds, and uh, I want you to just close your eyes. Okay. And go where the music takes you. You'll probably see some imagery. You may feel some emotions. Uh, it may trigger some memories, mm -hmm. but just go with the flow. Don't try and analyze the music too much. Just feel it. Yeah. <laughs> go okay. For it. Yeah. So here goes. Okay. So eyes closed. Eyes closed. <laughs> That's important. Okay. Okay. Here goes. Yep. It's really beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to, do you want to tell me what did you feel? Uh, did you see any imagery? There's no right or wrong answer. Well, no. That came yeah. yeah. It was very happy. It was very um, right. like warm and happy. And I kind of thought of like a bustling market in springtime or something like that. Like it kind, wow. that's kind yeah. of what, yeah. yeah, the vibe <laughs> I was getting there. But yeah, well, I don't know. That was just where I went with it. But I'm sure everyone else has their own context. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And that that's really, you know, the area that we've been experimenting. Uh, there is a context that is personal, mm -hmm. but there's there's also a common experience that everybody goes through, whoever hears this. So, uh, you know, I'm sure whoever listens to this particular conversation and hears this piece, you know, if they close their eyes and they go through this the same experience, I can guarantee that most of them will see uh, will feel very calm will feel very content and uh, at the same time they will also probably see you said springtime so that's nature yeah i was thinking colorful exactly it sounded colorful to me yeah colorful nature greenery a lot of people see water bodies people playing children playing etc so it's a very happy kind of feeling and uh, there is a reason that everybody's feeling like this it's not by accident, it's by design. Okay. So this particular scale that I used is in Western terms, it's called a pentatonic scale, mm -hmm. which is very simple penta. So it's five notes, right? So the scale only uses these five notes. That's it. And this is a composition of mine called Peace. And uh, I've used these notes in a way to evoke the kind of emotion that you're feeling, right? Okay, so yeah. So it's, it's, it's guaranteed that everybody who listens to this will feel a certain zone of emotion. And if I just 
take the first three notes of this scale and I change only the third note, you'll suddenly get a different feeling, right? Yes. So let me play, let me play the first three notes. Now I, I'm changing only the third note. Right? Yeah. Did you feel a little sense of melancholy? Yeah, yeah. Because it makes yeah. it a minor key, like a minor chord exactly. instead of, e yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, that, that that's really where our journey began. We said there is a science of sound. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if we are able to understand this science of sound. Now, uh, in our Indian tradition, there's a very rich tradition of something called ragas. Okay. So, ragas are not really scales, but they are, they are moods, really, uh, which uh, can evoke even times of day. So if an Indian classical musician plays a concert early morning, there are a set of ragas that he will use early morning or scales, right? And they evoke that time of day. Vis-a-vis, -vis, if he plays it in the late afternoon or late evening, there are a different sets of scales that he would use or ragas that he would use. Interesting. Right. So there is rich tradition and uh, there is a science behind this in our Indian culture. And so also, if you listen to, you know, the great Western composers, you will see they knew that uh, the use of a certain scale or combination of scale, major versus minor, etc., would evoke certain emotions, right? So we said, if we are able to actually map the scales and broadly classify them of course you can't classify all the scales in the world but it's hard if yeah <laughs> broadly classify them and cluster them and match them with the emotions that they generate right and add also the filter of the brand character i was going to ask you right? yeah yeah because i mean how do you translate into helping a brand discover what sound they should be using to share their brand DNA with the world. Exactly. So uh, the good old Carl Jung uh, actually, you know, ha had this well thought out where when he created the whole concept of archetypes. Yes. And, uh, you know, so he actually created this entire theory saying that there are 12 pr primary archetypes and human beings fall into those kind of archetypes. Now, the beauty is, so also can brands, right? So uh, there could be a ruler brand, there could be a hero brand, there could be a caregiver brand. So for example, Mercedes is a ruler brand. Uh, if you look at a caregiver brand, it's J&J Baby. Okay, sure. So now, if we were to just look at uh, the sonic uh, templates that already exist in our consciousness, right to a ruler would always be expressed musically and sonically uh, in a very majestic you know manner which has a lot of scale so that's that that's a ruler now if if we were to look at the character okay this is the kind of ruler sound but we say hey now let's add in the the filter of emotion too what does this ruler want to evoke in the minds and hearts of those who are listening to him? Uh, does the ruler want to evoke a sense of respect and authority? 
or does the ruler want to evoke a sense of caring saying hey i'm a ruler but i care for you mm -hmm. right or is a ruler wanting to uh, uh, express a sense of wisdom a sage like kind of feeling right now that's exactly how it translates into music okay so a, a ruler there will be something about a ruler a ruler sound but perhaps uh, you you'd start breaking up it up into rhythmic patterns into harmonic patterns into melodic patterns and then say uh, okay let's let's keep the 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 bed of the ruler with a rhythmic pattern where we get the scale da -da -da -dum, da -da -da -dum. Uh -huh. but he wants to come through as caring so now let's deliver that through the melody where we will add a voice humming a very caring kind of so if the drums are going da 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 dun da da the voice can go right yeah. so you you are you this is how we merge brand character and brand emotion um, so we have a very interesting theory in india called the rasas uh, they are they say there are nine principal rasas or emotions that any any artist would use because all human beings experience these emotions so the emotions range from love to laughter to caring to fear to anger to uh, you know courage etc so we actually then go and try and express what the brand wants to evoke we understand the so it's essentially understanding the dna of the brand mm -hmm. and then creating the dna of its sound creating its sonic dna I know that we're all dealing with a lot of stuff these days, so I particularly wanted to acknowledge those that have taken the time to leave honest reviews of this podcast, like Elaine Grant, who called the show insightful, practical, eye-opening. As a veteran public radio producer and host, she says, and now an entrepreneur running a podcast consultancy, I thought I knew about the world of audio. Truth is, I knew just a small slice of this big and important world. I've learned so much from every episode. I need to re-listen and furiously take notes. I can't recommend audio branding highly enough. Thank you for taking the time to leave your comment, Elaine. It means so much to me. And now, back to the show. This is something that I've actually talked about before in that it's, yeah. it's what emotion do you want your audience to feel? What do you want the people experiencing your brand to feel when they hear you? So Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I love that you merge them all. That's that's really an interesting idea. So you decide what emotion yeah. you want people to feel, and then it could be more than one. It's not yes. just one, you know, archetype. It's exactly. a whole bunch of them in together, and that's what makes them individual, I would imagine. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Because we also believe that brands are multidimensional, just as human beings are. Sure. Right? Yeah. So we are, we are multidimensional. We are... We, we are seen in a certain way by our close friends. We are seen in another way by uh, our family, close family. We've seen in a third way by our colleagues and associates, right? So we are multidimensional and brands also need to express themselves in different ways depending on the environment that they are in. Very true, yeah. That is our uh, absolute belief. So uh, if, if you take, uh, say, uh, uh, one of the uh, sonic identities that we created for MasterCard, right? 
now it's a it's a global brand it's it's so diverse in its that its target audience is so diverse you know you're you're talking of diversity across cultures you're talking of diversity across age language yeah uh, etc so uh, they have to appeal to all you know age segments all psychographic segments so for for example uh, they we created their master sound but if they want to appeal to the younger generation then how does that sort of play out right or if they want to appeal to families how does that play out now the beauty is once you've created your sonic identity of which the mogo or musical logo as we said is a big part of then you can actually start creating different adaptations with these different emotions right so you can the brand can still show its caring in a certain context mm-hmm. it can show its vibrant and dynamic in another context it can show its its technologically futuristic in a third context but all coming from the same you know dna and expressed according so it's flexible but at the, at the same time there is there is one theme that is constantly played so it's one brand but with many expressions I love that. That's really interesting too. <laughs> I'm I'm curious as to what the um the, the different musical expressions are, I guess, when you're going from say young people to families or futuristic. I mean, is there a yeah. particular instrument that you change? Is it like cuz Mastercard like is it a series of five notes? Is that what it is? It's those five notes that they've adopted as their mogo, I guess. Right. Yeah. And then those are adapted depending on where it's being used, so geographically and to what audience. Yes. So there's like a lot of factors here. I mean, <laughs> there are a lot of factors, yeah. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. So, how do you yeah, how do you change it's, that? <laughs> it's it's fascinating because you know, at at one level there is what we call the master brand, right? And that is the the global brand that that means one thing to everybody across the globe now the way we approach it is we do not start with the mogo right we we believe in starting with a mogo scape which is a larger 90 second composition for the brand ah oh, okay okay right so we believe that music is about emotion and it is music that triggers our memory structures for example if you listen to the opening bars of the beatles here comes the sun oh, you don't yeah. need to hear the rest of the tune to remember where you were when you first heard it and for all those memories to start coming flooding back mm-hmm. but there is the whole piece of music you know that that evokes a certain feeling in you and therefore we create the sonic palette for the brand which we call the mogo scape and embedded within that is the mogo which we extract i see right okay. let's call it a master mogo for the master brand okay. so wherever mastercard is maybe using your master brand communication then you would be using the mogo the mogo also becomes consistent at the end of every television commercial or content etc so wherever the logo appears the mogo also appears or is heard mm-hmm. right yeah but the field of sound the sonic palette can keep ch- changing according to the culture according to the occasion 
So uh, Mastercard's melody is very simple. Ta ra 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 ra. Ta ra 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 ra. Right? Yeah. Now the mogo is ta ra 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 ra. Okay. But okay. if you listen to the entire melody structure, the melody structure is ta ra 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 ra. Ta ra 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 ra. Ta ra 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 ra. Ta ra ra ta ra 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 ra. Okay. Now this is the me melody structure, right? Yeah, yeah. Now imagine taking this melody structure and creating a version for the Middle East, where you'd use the oud, the instrument of the Middle East. Sure. Or imagine taking the same melodic structure and creating it for Latin America. you know sure. now this is this is what we did so we created all these templates and created the entire sonic identity system so anybody who uses it uses mastercard uh, across the world now actually have a, an idea of how to take the fundamental elements of the sonic identity system which is the mogoscape the mogo and we also created a confirmation sound which is we what we call a mini mogo oh yeah right? cuz they need one so, of those definitely yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when their payments go through for mm -hmm. example on alexa there's there's no possibility of visual branding right mm -hmm. so it's the sonic branding that that says that hey your payment has gone through right and that's 1.5 seconds the mini mogo so it was fascinating because then you know there were versions created for south africa there were versions created for china but all coming from this fundamental melodic construct of the mogoscape you know yeah and yeah. Uh, really impressive actually <laughs> yeah it was it's a it's an amazing amazing exercise it was an yeah. amazing exercise and i love great, it great great for us i think uh, you know everybody needs a big break like this and so yeah <laughs> sure well congratulations first of all because it's beautiful thank work. you thank and, you and i mean obviously they love it because they're still using it <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> i think ultimately and, it saves them a lot of money in the end too because like they don't have to course. be buying all sorts of other music to put exactly. on their assets it's all exactly. just there exactly. yeah yeah so it's a great thing for a brand to to think about the sound that they have This has been part one of our interview. I hope you'll tune in next week for part two. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time. Until next time.